This is nuts. Who did this? What is this place even for? Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Yasuminati Podcast. Woohoo! Welcome. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, indeed. This time we have a peach of an episode for you. Oh, you're the dead ones. Oh, we love it. Brought to you by Matt. The king of the dad puns. Son of a peach. Speaking of peaches, this time we are headed to the great state of Georgia. Yeah. Peach. yeah. Go dogs. Southeast, go dogs. <laughs> go dogs. Go dogs. Now, last episode, we tackled the Denver International Airport. If you haven't had a chance to go and look at that or listen to it and look into the conspiracy, it's super creepy, but it was super interesting. It was fun to dive into. We figured we'd dive into another conspiracy, I guess you could say. We went over what a conspiracy is, what we're looking for when we tackle conspiracies, and we're going to do it again. This time, like I mentioned, in the great state of Georgia... We're going to tackle what are known as the Georgia Guidestones, also known as American Stonehenge. Really interesting stuff. Really interesting stuff. Northeast Georgia. If you take the highway from Atlanta headed towards Charlotte, North Carolina, right in the middle, you could turn off the highway and visit this monument, if you you want to call it that. Is it it's on a, Travelocity's most recommended places to visit? If what number? In the area. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. Oh, is it? Yeah, is it? Oh, I'm sure it is. Maybe we should look it up. If only we had devices that could look that <laughs> up. So this American Stonehenge, this Georgia Guidestone area, again, just northeast of Atlanta, by about, it looks like about 90 miles from what Google Maps is telling me here, in or just outside the city of Elberton, Georgia, also known as, Matt. The granite capital of the world. The granite capital of the world. That's pretty. Elberton. That's a pretty that's fun a fact. That's a hard claim to beat. So, being in the area. I, I think it's self-proclaimed. <laughs> self-proclaimed. <laughs> we have a lot of granite. Hey, that's what we do in America. We have a lot of something, we go for it, and we name it. That's right. We, we take it. And we put it on a city sign, which makes it ours. So this American Stonehenge was built out of the local granite. They had the material, so they built it. They were waiting to see if people would come. So these slabs, this again, we'll throw some pictures up on the screen. These slabs created a, kind of in the image of a Stonehenge-type monument. The monument itself is 19 feet tall, a little over 19 feet, 19 feet, three inches, made from six individual granite slabs, weighing for weighing in at a total of 237,000 pounds. That's heavy. Woo! That's a lot of granite. Now, on these stones, uh, this is, again, if you were to visit this place, again, if you're going to take a, a, a recommendation from Travelocity like Uncle Bobby, and visit this place off the highway on your way to Charlotte. What would we see, Robert? Can you tell us what, what in the heck is on these stones? Because they actually have something on them. They're not just random stones on a hill somewhere. Yeah, I mean, they had to one-up the Stonehenge, you know, so they had to engrave some stuff on this. But it's out in the kind of the middle of nowhere. It's in a cow pasture. And they, they engraved 
some some things on there, some guidelines or principles, if you will, on these guide stones. And it's in eight different languages. Now, because I am a master of all languages, I'm going to read to you all 10 in just English. Oh, okay. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go for I, it. Yeah. So of these 10 um, principles, so starts out one, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. And, Ooh. you know, that sounds ideal considering the population of the world right now is like seven and a half billion and counting. But I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of people that got to go to hit that goal. So kind of weird, right? Right. Um, two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. I got to say, I agree with that one. Some okay. people shouldn't reproduce. Uh, three, <laughs> unite humanity with a living new language as if the eight languages they wrote this out in were not enough. Uh, number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. I would want to have Judge Judy rule over that world court. I think that'd be amazing. Okay, I'll give her a call. Yeah. Seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Amen. So all... We should get some <laughs> useless <with> officials <laughs> out. Uh, eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number also a nine, good idea. Yeah. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Ten. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. It's interesting how they repeat themselves. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. It must be important to them. Very important. I mean, yeah. and they put it in eight languages. And, you know, thinking about the people of Alberta, Georgia, you know, I'm sure many of them speak, you know, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, uh, traditional Chinese, Russian, you know. Or, you know, English or Spanish, because, you know, they've got it in all eight languages. Um, and back in the 1980s, I'm sure, you know, that county was extremely diverse in its languages. You know how they got those languages translated in, uh, into those, right? Well, it probably wasn't through Google Translate. I'm just going to say it was, it was through the United Nations. The guy that built them had a contact at the UN. Nice. Sent them over there and got them to translate into the languages that they wanted. So I, I failed to mention at the beginning, 1980 is when these were built. So that, that Uncle Bobby's comment about not having Google, that kind of makes mm -hmm. sense there. Pre, Can you imagine? Pre-mass internet access. Um, I remember those days, pre-Google. Oh, yeah. Pre-internet. Pre it was rough times. Those were, times was tough. Times was tough. Yeah. So 1980, think about what was happening in the world at the time. Uh, we're talking Cold War. We're talking people on edge. All right. So as you walk up to this, you know, this modern day Stonehenge, um, they felt the need to give you some explanation. So there's another granite tablet um, as you're walking up there that gives some um, information about it. Um, 
and on there, you know, engraved is, you know, they say this is the Georgia Guidestones. Um, it was erected in March 22nd, 1980. And um, just below that, that outline, there's a square inside which is written, let these be guidestones to an age of reason. Um, and then also in here, like they point out different astronomic features. Um, there's a channel through the stone that indicates a celestial pole. You can see that in the pictures. A horizontal slot indicates the annual travel of sun. Sunbeam through the capstone marks noontime throughout the year. And I wonder how accurate they actually got that. That requires some precision and like setting that up right. The author, R.C. Christian. And then in parentheses as a pseudonym, and they spelled it wrong. I think that's yeah, kind of that's interesting too. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to etch something in stone, you'd think you'd check the spelling before you started chiseling away. But you know, they didn't have spell um, checker in 1980. Well, I don't think they have spell checker in granite slabs today either. Yes, they do. Granite slabs. <laughs> yeah, in the granite slabs. <laughs> yeah, oh, I didn't know we invented that. Change it's in the uh, it's in the computer that uh, does the 3D printing of the granite. Mm. True. I like to think they hand chisel all this stuff. The etching, yeah. yeah. The laser um, etching. So they, yes. they, they, there were other languages on this guide or on this explanation tablet, right, Robert? There were. Okay. Yeah. So the other languages that are on this tablet are Babylonian, Classical Greek, Sanskrit, and Ancient Egyptian. Wow. So. Um, now why they picked those languages to be on the explanatory tablet, but they're not on the actual guide stones. That's kind of curious. Um, these guide stones were sponsored by a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason. And then it references a time capsule, which this is interesting. So the time capsule supposedly is placed six feet below the spot on there's no date. And to be opened on, there's no date. Now, was that just a mistake where, you know, they, they meant to fill that in before they handed it to the granite company to etch in? Or is this something to intended to leave those dates blank? We don't know. I don't know that anybody's ever been bold enough to go start digging below this uh, monument. It's all a part of the mystery. Mm -hmm. What a mysterious monument this is. So it's in the middle of nowhere, kind of, uh, just outside a town known for granite. So they make this granite monument in the middle of a field. Put 10 commandments, I guess you could say, or 10 guidelines for future humanity. Somehow the population has decreased below 500 million at this point, and we are to maintain that somehow according to the first and second commandment maybe they were hoping for an event like that who knows Woo! maybe the bigger event will get us down to 500 million maybe think we need to put our caps on yeah so hold on robert hold on now who's the author who's the creator of this thing this this tablet this monument did it say yeah so the author on the the explanatory template tablet says it's rc christian um a pseudonym which okay. is spelled wrong 
And, you know, I'm just really wondering, you know, they obviously put a lot of effort into this thing, like etching granite, especially and money. the magnitude of it is pretty big. Yeah, and, lots of money. You know, why would they do this? One, because it doesn't seem like, you know, to make a lot of great sense. So I'm just wondering, who was this RC Christian? Why did he do it? Who are the people he represented? And, you know, you know, do you know? I think Matt did some deep dive research on that. So what, what can you tell us, Matt, about what you found on RC Christian? Or, or what this, who the person behind this all is. Yeah, so there's a long story. <laughs> Once upon a time, Tell me more. I, don't know, I don't know, back in 1979, R.C. Christian, or the guy that was going by the name R.C. Christian, visited this town in uh, Elberton, Elberton, Georgia. And he went and uh, contacted a local granite quarry um i think it was called elberton or it was granite granite city or something like that anyway uh the guy that owned it uh suggested that well kind of thought he was crazy and uh said i'm sorry you're gonna have to you want to do what you're gonna build giant granite things out here in the middle of nowhere for what reason you know and the guy said to provide guidance to humanity in the event of a nuclear holocaust and in case we'd be able to re, uh, rebuild civilization, we would need some some guidance. And these people, this granite structure would remain after a nuclear holocaust. Well, so that was the whole probably make it through. Yeah, that was the whole purpose, and that's why he picked uh, granite as the material. That's why he was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, the guy at the bank, or I'm sorry, the guy at the um, at the quarry said, you're going to have to show me you've got the capital or I'm not going to start this project for you. And so he recommended that he go talk to the bank president. He did. The bank president thought he was a little bit crazy, but he was able to set up an account um, on contingency that he would give him his name, his actual name, because it's a bank. And we all know that you have to have your actual name if you're going to have an account at a bank. Um, so this banker knows who R.C. Christian really is, like the real name of this guy. And they established some uh, correspondence through the years. Um, he, had, he kept a lot of that correspondence. And, and so we ended up, um, you know, eventually, and we could talk about that further if you want, but um, figuring out who R.C. Christian really is. But um, I don't know if you want to go down that far, Brandon. Well, we can maybe recommend some sources that people can check out. Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, so a lot of this information is contained in a documentary called dark clouds over Elberton, the true story of the Georgia guidestones by J. Michael Bennett, Bennett, J. Michael Bennett. Uh, and it has a lot of good information. If you want to, uh, check that documentary out, it's on, uh, available on Amazon prime. It's, I think it was $2 and 99 cents, something like that. But well worth it if you want to check it out. You can get all the ins and outs, the names, and uh, he kind of reveals who R.C. Christian is at the end of his uh, episode, and it's pretty uh, pretty well done, pretty believable from my perspective. Wow! So there is an actual check that out. There is an actual person behind this, and that that documentary kind of goes into who that is. 
And yeah. What, what, what the uh, motivation? Does it go into motive? It does. Oh, cool. Now, why why would he pick a name such as R.C. RC Christian? Well, R.C. Christian, so basically what he wanted to, uh, to make sure that they knew is that he was a Christian person. So he wanted to pick the name R.C. Christian, which is loosely based on Christian Rosencrantz, uh, who can be tied to um, the Rosicrucians. Um, Brandon, I think you've got more information on the Rosicrucians. Yeah, it's an interest, it was an interesting rabbit hole to go down, the Rosicrucian uh, Society. And then the R.C. RC Christian resembling a rose cross Christian or that, that Rosicrucian order connection. Uh, that was an order way back in the 1600s I, I'm, I'm seeing here in Europe, a cultural movement. Uh, a lot of the manifestos that came out of that were dubbed by many to be anti-Christian. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah. Well, they're secular, right? Sec so right. They, the big difference is instead of God having all of the answers for us, uh, humanity can provide all of the answers to the problems. Um, and that's the big difference. Secularism as opposed to Christianity. Right. Yeah. And then the, the connection to the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which happened to spawn different cults throughout the years, different societies, Aleister Crowley. There's a name, Mr. Crowley, for you Aussie fans. Uh, maybe we'll do a couple related conspiracies to that order and, and Mr. Crowley. The, those are fun, fun topics to look into. Fun. I, I use the word fun. Interesting topics to dive into. Which Jimmy have, Page bought his house. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. We can dive into all that later. That, that's good <laughs> stuff. Yeah. It's just the, the influence behind some of these secret societies that are centuries old continued to come up you know the rosicrucians won't uh give you any information these so these guys went and contacted the rosicrucian society um i guess in atlanta hmm. and and they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't say a they one wouldn't thing. they wouldn't play ball huh nope with with this uh monument they uh have marked that they've buried uh time right. capsule but this didn't mark any dates. there's no dates or anything so some of the guys in the documentary that this uh j michael bennett did claim that there is something there and that they are keys and that they have to do with the rosicrucians wow yeah so anyway you know some people believe that some people that are really close to it actually believe that yeah, I'd, as far as the connection, I mean, like we mentioned before, the previous episode was about what is believed to be a New World Order or Illuminati elite headquarters in the Denver International Airport. Well, here we are once again, tackling another conspiracy where the New World Order, masonry, Illuminati connections, uh, rears, rears its head once again. So what can we make of that? There's a time capsule in this one. There's a time capsule in the Denver International Airport. That's interesting. I mean, there's a time allegedly there's a time capsule in, in the in this one. There's no there's dates. There's a time capsule so. in my elementary school too. Mm, well, Robert, was it was it placed there by the Masonic Lodge of I don't know wherever Bear River? I don't know. Could have been. Is there a Masonic Lodge in Bear River? 
Beaver Dam. I don't know, but there isn't Tooele. Oh, Beef, Beaver Dam. That's right. There isn't Tooele. I always say Bear River. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, just the the fact that this New World Order, this uh, extinction event, once again as well, uh, it's it's assuming an extinction event has happened. This Georgia Guidestone, this this guidance for a new humanity. Um, whether or not they're a part of the planning behind that event, or they just assume an event like that would happen. Uh, both are, are cringeworthy, for sure. And then the, mm-hmm. the plan to maintain or hold humanity under a certain number. That's almost a Thanos snap for you uh, Marvel fans out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Controlling the population. Um, and then uh, guidance for a society, uh, one world government. Uh, a centralized government that seems to be a theme with all of these conspiracies as well man i think the other thing too the other um comparison that i drew from the denver international airport and these guidestones is the fact that there is um significance in in uh astrology right so they've got astrological reasons for where the holes are you know that they that they bored through this thick granite um so that on the every equinox you know the sun can shine through a certain way and and if you look at um masonic belief there's a lot of um you know building significance to how you're building something yeah you know, and I think that that same stuff applied to the Denver International Airport. Everyone that was involved in building the um, monument, yeah, everyone that was involved in it, um, except for like maybe two people, the banking guy that you know, the banker guy, what's his name, Wyatt Martin. Mm-hmm. You know, he he is not a Mason, but everyone else is. So the Coggins guy, Frank Coggins, Joe Fenley. Um, Wayne Mullenix that gave the, or not gave it, but sold the property. Um, and then all, they're all Mason. They're all, they're all part of that Mason lodge um, right there in, in the Elberton. Yeah. So, how do we so it's kind of interesting. So you got the Masons behind that. You got the Masons behind the dedicatory uh, uh, stone there at the Denver international airport. You've got kind of some hidden messages throughout you got this kind of secret behind everything. Nobody wants to really reveal who it is. Nobody knows what the new new world uh, airport commission is. There's no such thing, right? Well, nobody knows who really, you know, nobody's supposed to know who built these Georgia Guidestones or what the, per- the true purpose was behind them. So there's kind of a lot of comparisons that you can draw. This guy, R.C. Christian, um, we know is a Mason, right? So he's he comes from a Masonic background. And he also published a book uh, called Common Sense Renewed. Okay, I missed that. Okay, so why that's important is because it's loosely based on Common Sense by Thomas Paine, who also was a Mason and had <laughs> and had a lot of kind of wild ideas for the time right and they were all about we as humans can figure stuff out we don't really need the help of god okay kind of a thing Which you know fits, fits and kind that of a theme okay absolutely right and so this guy the same guy that put in these guide stones 
is the same guy that published this book, you know, that, that basically explained all of his ideas that are contained in these 10 um, principles. By the way, the property is now deeded to the county. So the county owns it. Uh, it's five acres that, so this guy had no financial reason to do this at all. He, as soon as he bought it, he deeded it right over to the county. So it wasn't even his land for an investment or anything. With stipulations, no. the monument would remain. And uh, and but, there, there was grazing rights so that it wouldn't be covered up. And you, you've got a point here. He didn't make a dime off this thing. This was a complete right. loss. <laughs> as far as yeah. if you look it's at it from a, money from, spend. A, from a business standpoint. Yeah. Well, so the other thing is with the, the money, you know, the what I read is that the, the granite company thought he was so crazy that they basically said, this is going to cost you a lot of money, which I couldn't find anything that said how much money that was, but they felt like that would be like an outlandish price. And this RC Christian's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> should have, should have given him a higher bid. Um, yeah. Would you like me to make <laughs> well, that you know, out? And you know, he, like he wanted to make it bigger too. He wanted to add to what's already there. So what we see today as the Georgia Guidestones, his vision of that, was bigger so he was going to have more uh stones that were kind of in a circle circle around the current um stuff now so he wanted to kind of make it bigger but they came but like you said robert the granite company came back and said here's our here's our bid which is way more than we initially told you and then he was like okay screw you i'm not gonna do it okay so we've talked about what this place is, where this place is, and what it might be. We've talked a little bit about the person behind it all, or this group of concerned citizens. So after talking about this, researching this over the last week, uh, Robert, I mean, what, what's the final verdict here, man? What, what is this place? Is it real? Is it just the, the act of a single man who had a bunch of money to spend? What do you, what do you think's going on here? Well, I, I mean, I believe the fact he represented a bunch of concerned people. I just think they're a bunch of crazy kooks. Um, not all rich people are smart. So, you know, interesting. I, I think it's kind of a cool thing that, you know, you can stop and see and we can talk about it, but, you know, overall, I don't really think it has much to do with anything other than a group of people's thoughts that they wanted to share with humanity. Okay. So you're, you've got a check mark in the, uh, crazy rich people column <laughs> but cool right it's still something cool to look at uh, so you find yourself in that camp i think a lot of people would find themselves in that category matt what, what do you think i'm gonna go with robert a little bit but i'm gonna stop short of calling these folks crazy i think i think these people that pooled their money together to come up with this are legitimately concerned uh you know it's a product of time and place to you know, if you consider that this is 1980, we're in the middle of a Cold War, we see Russia building up their nuclear arsenal, we're doing the same. At any moment, we could launch into a nuclear uh, holocaust. Um, people at the same time were building uh, uh, bunkers in their backyards. So I feel like as a product of that, there were people that were educated that felt like, you know, if this really does happen, then we should probably leave something to the future generation on how to rebuild things. And maybe their ideas don't align quite with mine, but 
they did have some very specific ideas that align with um, a lot of historical, uh, you know, leaders, for example, Thomas Paine and Common Sense and his Age of Reason that he wrote. And that's what they mentioned several times on the Guidestones is we want this to lead to an Age of Reason. So I think their ideas just aligned maybe a little bit more extreme than the standard viewpoint. But I don't, in my personal opinion, I don't see a huge uh, conspiracy behind these stones, more just a product of the times. That's that's what I'm going with. And I, I follow right. I think I'm a mix of both of you. I'm with you. Um, part of me thinks, ah, these again, this is a guy with too much money, wanted to put his stamp on potentially a society that would happen or, or, or survive an impending or unavoidable catastrophe. Again, I think you're right, Matt. People were building bunkers in their backyard. They were, uh, we were still doing drills under our desks as far as school children getting ready for bomb blasts. You see a footage of that from the 50s, 60s, 70s, Cold War. That, that, was, a, that was a stressful time. So yeah, we do have, I, I, I firmly believe after looking into this that these people believed what they put and believed what Obviously. they built. Yeah, they- This wasn't just like somebody had a, yeah. a big weekend and came up with this. There's, this is a sincere attempt to help future humanity and they wanted to put their own stamp, it seemed, or, or uh, lend their ideas that they found. How, however misguided they may be. Sure, and, and you, you can, you can form your, formulate your own opinion on whether or not you think their, their commandments are, are the way to go. I found a, a quote from Yoko Ono because she's the source of all truth and light. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> speaking of anti, uh, she described the messages as a stirring call to rational thinking. While many other Christian-based organizations have called this thing or this monument the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist. So there, there's many, many different opinions here. It's either you feel... These guys had it going on. They, they understood what was happening and they, they nailed it. Or you might find yourself in that camp of this is the new world order trying to control the future. Maybe this is something satanic in nature. I mean, it seems like there's, there's three or four different camps when it comes to this monument. Yeah. And there might not be as much conspiracy here as we initially thought the more we looked into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued if ever I'm in yeah. Georgia again. Okay, road trip. I may stop there and then go find me some sweet peaches. That's right. Go dogs. <laughs> so today we learned about the Georgia Guidestones, and it was definitely an intriguing conspiracy to look into. Now, whether or not it's a conspiracy or not, I'll leave that up to you as the listener. Um, but some interesting things that we picked up on that this group was you know, probably had great intentions of giving us guidance for, you know, how the world should rebuild post an apocalyptic type of event that maybe they envisioned, maybe not. Um, but some guidance and principles that they felt was out there, whether you agree with it or not. Um, so hopefully you were intrigued as well and found something you want to look into, but there's a lot of information out on this topic out on the internet. So search it and come up to your own conclusion but like us subscribe um, comment and visit us at our website assumidati.com 
um, become friends with us at Assuminati Pod on Facebook. Um, and then you can always visit our YouTube channel where you're probably at right now. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. Y'all come back now. You hear? Mm-hmm. Dan Brown, if you're listening, you should write a book about this. Professor Langdon, I think, could come to the bottom of it. Mr. Crowley! Which has connections to Alistair Crowley. Yeah, and then we could play some Ozzy. (laughs) So I'll go through the languages because I speak all eight fluently. So I'm going to read them in each of the eight languages. Oh, good, good. I mean, just naturally. It's like crap. Said high bis- biscuits. What, what what's the flavor? Uh, hibiscus. Hibiscus. And what's the name of that? La Crocs. Yeah. La Croax. No, it's La Croax. La Crux. Uh huh. Naturally yeah. essenced. Mm. Just like me. I'll just drink my diet water. <laughs> diet water. Yeah, it's got fewer water. calories. So they they may have been modern-day Karens and Chads. (laughs) Perhaps. (laughs) Well, Robert, it's over. What, Utah season? No, I'm watching the Chiefs game. I'm not talking about the Utes. Oh, okay. Oh, no. That's old news. Y'all come back now, you hear? We got some peaches down here in Georgia. There's gold in them there hills. Okay, Velveeta. <laughs> <laughs>